Hi there, welcome to the RevOps Show and happy holidays. I hope you're having a festive week and while you're taking a break, relaxing and getting your mind reset and ready for the new year, we have an episode for you that is full of stories, lots of laughter and important lessons on creating an ideal customer experience or as Doug refers to it, ice. Doug and Jess will talk through Four Seasons, Walmart, Fuddruckers, and a few other companies and how they have either created good or bad customer experiences, and they'll translate that into what you should think about for your own customer experience and what that should look like. So enough from me, I'll let them get into the details. Yes. Doug. Yes. Yes. Just do this for an hour. Uh, that's what you say every time. You got to come up oh. with new material, Jessica. Sorry. There's somebody Sorry, Doug. Jessica. Sorry, Douglas. Douglas. Less than Doug. Less than Doug. Doug less. Less than Doug. Are you familiar with the term bonk? B-O-N-K. Bonk. bonk. Yeah, bonk. Like a bonk on the head. No, like a runner bonks. Um, not really. No, like I like, I think I've heard that, but I don't actually know it. I mean, I think like I know if you've it ever means, watched but... a long distance run or or any any kind of exertion effort where all of a sudden like the runner like goes from leading to just like finishes last because like like you'll see this in the Tour de France all the time. Uh, a cyclist is is leading the group and then just all of a sudden almost stops moving. Everyone passes them. It's just a complete mm-hmm. like they've hit the barrier where there is no energy they can't convert that's bonk. Yep. is that where you're at i bonk yeah i definitely <laughs> i think we hit um <clears throat> we came back from thanksgiving and i think my uh my 2023 energy mm-hmm. was uh had been fully utilized so you will have no energy until 2024 is that what i'm hearing um yeah <laughs> If, if we're lucky. Doug is, we, Doug is at a loss of words, folks. I, I bonked. I bonked. Wow. I bonked wow. too much Too much of too much with too much. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm looking forward to the next week and a half of pushing through. Uh, so, Jess. Doug. When are we going to Disney? I, I'm hoping that we go for, for one of our team meetings next year. That, that's what I'm advocating for. Who who's paying the premium? I mean, so so sort of everybody, but if you're talking about financially, that would be our fearless leader. <laughs> what do you mean everybody? How's everybody paying the premium? Because if we go, we're going to the parks at least one day, and it's and, and it's a rope drop park close situation. It's a what? It's a rope drop to park close situation. Like everybody's getting there as soon as they open and everybody's staying until they close. So everybody's paying the premium. Okay. Okay. That's what you mean by the premium. Okay. But are you prepared for your, uh, for your children to throw tantrums like your children? Oh, oh, I, oh, oh, those children. Oh, those children. Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm, I'm practicing that. That's, I can, I can deal with that. I will turn this monorail around if you don't calm down. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know who had the greatest monorail of all time? 
Oh, uh, I don't know the character's name from The Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you were going to trip me up on that one. <laughs> you know, Jess, I think, I think that, um, I think you lived a happier, healthier life when you wouldn't have made that connection. That's probably, probably as with most most things. Between you, you know, and I. Jess, you know what my goal is every day in working with you. What's that? My goal is to delight you. To, oh, oh, that's an excellent segue. An excellent segue. I want to create a wow experience. That's what we're going to talk about today. Is that what we're talking about today? That's what we're talking no, about today. No way. Yes. All right, what are we talking about? What's the official topic of what we're talking about? We're talking about what is the ideal uh, customer experience? What is the ideal customer experience? The ice. You, I call it the ice. You call it the ice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> ideal customer experience. Ice. Love it. Love it. So what, you're, what we're talking about is ice, ice, baby. No. <laughs> you didn't have that ready on the soundboard. Now I'm disappointed in you. You're disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to function through the rest of this episode. That's how disappointed I am. So we're going to talk. So I think where I want to start, because I found this really interesting in one of our blog posts do Walmart and the Four Seasons provide the same experience? Or I should say, did Walmart <laughs> and the Four Seasons provide the same experience? Through one lens, yes. Through another lens, no. Okay. So let's start let's with... Define what an ideal client... Okay. Let's first define what an ideal client experience is. What is okay. the ideal client experience? Okay. You want me to do that or are you going to do that? <laughs> Well, 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 Jess, you're, you're, what's the you're ideal client? Doug, what's, what's the, the ideal, ideal client experience? Let's, what's let's, the ideal let's do that again. Experience? Let's do this again, Jess. Ready? Ready? I think we should define what the ideal client experience is first. Okay, Doug, what's the ideal client experience? So actually a lot of people struggle with that because people say, well, it depends. And I'm here to tell you, it does not depend. I can give you the ideal client experience for everybody. Do you want, do you, do you want to know what your customers want? They want what they want, when they want it, preferably without having to ask. And by the way, they want what they want, when they mm -hmm. want it, no more, no less. So they want you to read their mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all just need to become mind readers. I don't know that we need to become mind readers. Because I think I think customers give you lots of clues. But but remember, that's the ideal customer experience. Are we going to deliver mm -hmm. the ideal customer experience all the time? No. Yeah. But but so why why is the Four Seasons and Walmart? Why are they both ideal customer experiences? Because they give you what you want when you want it without well, you having to ask. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, if I go into Walmart and I go to Four Seasons, they're distinctly different experiences. And and right. and the problem is. And, and, you know, this is a little bit hard because I don't like Wal Walmart's gotten back. They're better, um, yep. but they're not what they were. So, so my favorite story about Walmart, and I think I've shared this in other podcasts, but my favorite story about Walmart was the head of their grocery division was speaking at some business conference and asked the audience, how many of you live paycheck to paycheck? Mm -hmm. And 
shockingly at this business conference, no one raised their hand. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. I'm sure there were several people that lived paycheck to paycheck, but they didn't. Right. Sure. And so the president kind of looked at the audience and I don't want you all to take this the wrong way because we'd love to have you come into our grocery stores and shop and buy. Yep. But we don't really worry about you. We don't really focus on you because you see, we live, Walmart lives, Walmart exists to serve the people who live paycheck to paycheck. And, and, and so while if you go in our grocery store, you'll see a seven, eight dollar gourmet pizza where we really spend our time, where we really take pride is finding that 70 cent to dollar. By the way, this was many years ago, that 70 cent to dollar frozen pizza that still tastes good. Right. Right. And, and, and by the way, the other thing that people missed about Walmart's proposition is everyone thought Walmart's proposition was the lowest price. And people would would you know, bag on them because they, they often, as a matter of fact, did not offer the lowest price. So if you live paycheck to paycheck, if you truly live paycheck to paycheck, what is the number one thing that you lack? And I'll give you a hint. It's not money. Oh, I don't even know if it's not money. Have you ever lived paycheck to paycheck? I have. <laughs> did you ever notice how exhausting living paycheck to paycheck is? Oh yeah. How every little thing you have to think about, like okay, well, if I write this check here, it'll clear here. Or if I do this here, or right. what do you like? You like time. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife goes to Wegman. She does one, she does one set of shopping at Wegman. She does another set of shopping at Giant. Right. Right. There, she does another set of shopping here. Or we go, well, what Walmart did was Walmart provided you convenience. Walmart provided you a price that you're comfortable with lowest price on the things that bring people into the store. And now I can pick up everything that I need in one effort. And literally everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, now there were people who I know from having, you know, that they would go like their Walmart grocery trip was this week. Their Walmart utility trip was that week. Right. Right. They would kind of manage it those, but that's what, so Walmart gave people what they gave their customer, their ideal customer, what they wanted. What they, what they basically said was, come here, come to Walmart. You don't have to think. We've got it taken care of for you. Right. Four Seasons says, come here. You don't have to think. We've got it taken care of for you. That is what a great customer experience is. That is what an ideal customer experience is. I want what I want when I want it, preferably without having to ask. By the way, do you notice it's preferably without having to ask? Right. I realize that sometimes I might have to ask. Yep. So... How is the four? So we talked about Walmart. How is the four seasons similar? Well, they provide the experience that says, so, you know, people ask me, do you like camping? Mm -hmm. And I say, I love camping. And they're surprised by that. And I go, I think staying at the four seasons is a great experience. I like to camp <laughs> at the four seasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, when I go to the four seasons, I don't have to think about things. Right. I don't have to worry about things. When, when, when I stay at the Four Seasons and I don't stay at the Four Seasons, I certainly don't stay at the Four Seasons as often as I would like to. But when I'm going to the Four Seasons, I don't worry about checking. I know it's going to be pretty, pretty low friction, pretty simple. I don't worry about shit going wrong. Because you know what? I right. know when it goes wrong, they're going to be there. They're going to support it. They're going to help. Like I know when, when there's something wrong with the room that they give me and I need to change rooms, they, I, don't, I don't even ask. Sometimes I don't even mm -hmm. necessarily want. 
oh, right. I really do want. I don't ask. And they send somebody up to help me pack my stuff and move the stuff over. Or they say, right. hey, you just go to the room. We'll bring your stuff over. Right. Right. Um, so now the Four Seasons guest is looking for an affluent. The Four Seasons guest is looking for a wow experience. Although, yeah. you know what? A portion of them are looking for a wow experience. By the way, you know how the Four Seasons reads your mind? How? Well, back in the day when you would use your radio in your room to listen to music. Mm-hmm. And and they were one of the ones that had, they would have a CD radio. So like if you wanted to put in your CD. Right. Housekeepers would log what you listen to. Housekeepers would log what radio station you listen to. That went into your profile. So you would stay at the Boston Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. And you'd listen to, you were on a classic rock station. You'd check into a San Francisco Four Seasons and the radio station was playing the classic rock station as you walked into your room. Oh, interesting. Right? People yeah. live all, people leave all kinds of hints. Right. right. And and so you know me, I'm a bit of a princess when it comes to hotels. A little bit. <laughs> right? And And when you travel a lot, you know, when you travel, you go into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to have all kinds of downtime because, you know, you're not using every minute like you do when you're at your desk. So you're like, oh, I'm going to get all this done. <laughs> then, you, then you remember how exhausting it actually is and how stressful it is and how, you know, hurry up and wait and and get into small spaces and here and like all this other stuff. So so it is, it is a stressful, exhausting experience. It puts you at wit's end. And and by the way, let's let's be honest. Most hotel chains are extraordinarily creative mm-hmm. at finding ways to screw things up. <laughs> they are, yeah, yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. But but when you see on your itinerary that that you're staying at the Four Seasons, do you worry about that? No, no. Is that because the Four Seasons doesn't screw things up? No, it's not because they don't screw things up. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, the founder of Four Seasons had a very key philosophy about that. He said, you learn about a company and how they behave when something is screwed up. Right. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about the mind reading aspect of it. Cause I think a lot of the way that a lot of people view customer experience is I'm going to deliver this exceptional experience. I'm going to delight you by kind of, you know, I think you, you, in one of the blog posts, you talked about the, the Fuddruckers experience where the waiter kept coming to the table over and over and over again. Is that a good deal? Like, right. Is that a good deal? Um, they wanted to give you like all of the information. Can you talk about how, while we view that as kind of giving that exceptional customer experience, that isn't always the right approach. Well, so, so I think, you know what I realized when I, when we were going over the prep material for this? What? I cannot remember the last time I was at a Fuddruckers. So uh, it's funny because Fuddruckers was on there and I think there's one in town here. So Fuddruckers used to be like around a lot of Texas. I think they've closed <laughs> their restaurants. Um, but Fuddruckers was one of these fast casual restaurants. So you'd stand in line, you'd order your burgers, you'd sit down, then they'd call you up and it was ready. You'd come in, it was fresh, all this stuff. Um, you had unlimited refills on your drinks. Yep. And you would get up, you'd pour your own soda, et cetera. And so they'd have people out there to to bust the tables. And then they realized, hey, we can make those service people. And so where this came in, like I find that people get lost in ideal, exceptional, and delight. Mm-hmm. 
because the way we interpret ideal exceptional and delight is more, 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 right? So the, the fundamental aspect is like, to me, the central concept of this entire conversation mm-hmm. is, is about meeting expectations versus exceeding expectations. Yep. And so this wow experience is we want to exceed expectations. And so I could tell they'd clearly put this, they clearly put their team through a service program. And so, um, just for background, if anyone hasn't seen this blog, the blog post, we'll have a link to it in, in show notes. Um, I had met somebody at a Starbucks for one of those, you know, back before we were all remote and doing things on zoom, you would meet at, you would meet at a Starbucks for everything. So we had, you know, the meeting went over, we decided, Hey, let's grab lunch. There was a Fuddruckers right next to it. We're in the midst of, of some very serious conversation. So we get this, we sit down and, and the person comes over, introduces themselves and says, you know, if you need this, this, or this, I'm here. If your drinks, I'm here, right. right. I'm, I'm here to take care of your needs. I'm only happy if you're happy. You're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. That'd be great. Person was a little bit more jubilant than, than maybe we felt was appropriate for, for the context, but Hey, okay. Right. And he finishes by going, is that a good deal? And we're like, we're nodding our head. And he's like, is it? And we're like, yeah, it's a good deal. Okay. Well, he goes on to proceed to interrupt us like seven, eight times to ask us, do we want a drink refill? Do we want this? Do we want this? Is there anything else? And it's like, dude, read the bloody room. We're literally in the middle of a conversation and he's interrupting us. Right? Now, it's not his fault. He right. taught that. And here's the other thing. We did not go to Fuddruckers because we wanted a memorable dining experience. As a matter of fact, I would say that we went to Fuddruckers for the precise opposite. We yep. wanted a completely forgettable experience. Right. Right. And so in this attempt to create a wow, they did the exact opposite of what we wanted. And, and what I would say, for the most part, most other people want. Because by the way, if I'm at a Fuddruckers and my drink is half full, mm-hmm. I don't need it refilled right then. Hey, right. if you want to come by when it's a third full and, and ask, by, and by the way, the second time someone tells you no, right? And again, so I appreciate the effort. I really do. And I and mm-hmm. and what the intent was. But it but it was a horrible customer experience. And and what's worse is it increased their costs. So they spent more money. Mm-hmm. Jess, that was the last time I ever ate at a Fud Records. They lost they lost you as a patron. Actually, I didn't really I don't think that that's yeah, true. Yeah, no, I know. I think I I've know. eaten at a Fud Records since then, but I um, well, it, it, so it, it's th- that piece, and I don't want to—I don't want to spend too much time about it. But I worked in the service industry for for ten years. Like, it's an interesting balance, and the the like the meeting the the patron halfway, hundred percent, because there's some tables you'd work where you know what they're going to want you to come by five, six, seven times during their dining experience. There's going to be folks that want you to come to refill their drinks once, put the food down. You drop the check off and don't even say anything when you drop the check off. And you've got to learn how to read that. Like, Well, also, you know, this, this is where Clayton Christensen's job to be done. This is what, this was his favorite example of jobs to be done. Um, is he talked about milkshakes. Yep. Right. And, and McDonald's, the, the customer was McDonald's. Well, a milkshake in the morning is different than a milkshake in mid afternoon. Right. Fuddruckers for lunch is different than Fuddruckers for dinner. Right. hundred percent. Fuddruckers for dinner is family. It's going to be mm-hmm. more family. It's going to be those types of things. Fuddruckers for lunch. Hey, Jess, 
I'm going to take you to a luxurious lunch experience. <laughs> we're going to Fuddruckers. Great. By the way, I, I, I thought the, I thought the hamburgers were good. Um, yeah, the burgers are know, good. You know why I think you know why I think um, Fuddruckers exists less today. Why? This exact problem. What is fast casual? Yeah. It wasn't a fast food restaurant. It wasn't a casual, relaxing. Like it, 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 everything was in the middle. And right. so it didn't make a trade-off. And, and so what do I go there for? Right. I mean, McDonald's, you know why McDonald's became McDonald's? Because the clean bathrooms. Because I only the, know this. I was going to say because of how up. Bucky's became Bucky's. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Clean bathroom. It was two things. You know, I saw McDonald's referred to this. You know, they're launching this new thing called Cosmics. They're launching a test. No, I have not seen this. Okay. And and the way, I think it was in Morning Brew that wrote this. Um, McDonald's is trying to become something other than the last resort for a meal. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like, now if you think about it, that sounds really bad, right? You're the last resort yeah. for a meal. Yeah. I had McDonald's recently. Mm-hmm. Do you know where I had McDonald's? The airport. Do you know which airport? Um, The Tampa airport. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. More of Jess's B- airport. BWI? The Orlando airport. Oh, the Orlando airport. That's right. You flew out of Orlando, not Tampa. I was close. <laughs> oh, no, I was also in Tampa. Oh, okay. They were two different trips. Oh, Okay. Remember I sent you a welcome to Disney? I remember now. It's coming back to me. Um, and so I was looking at this. I needed, I was tired. I needed something to eat. And you know what? You know why I got the McDonald's? Because I'm like, yeah. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be great. It's going to be okay. Yep. And and also, also, and this is going to sound really crazy, but it actually is a key to, to their success. Mm-hmm. The hamburger is not going to be messy to eat. Right, like one one problem I have, especially when I'm out, you, you know, I'm at an airport and you have this really good ham, really good juicy ham, and it's like, okay, well, now I feel like total, yeah, um, and 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 that's McDonald's, right? McDonald's became one of the most valuable companies in the world by just being consistent. No one ever said it was great, right? It was consistent. I knew what to expect. So, by the way, that is. Like as much as we're talking about reading my mind, mm-hmm. it's more about creating consistency so that they don't have to guess. Yep. So I tell you all the time, Jess. What? Consistency is the hallmark of a strong brand. Yep. It's key to a good brand. So that's that's interesting that you brought up the 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 meeting the expectations. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, we, we brought up delight or exceeding expectations, like why that doesn't necessarily pay and why exceeding expectations can actually cause you to spend more for, well, for no return? No, exceeding expectations doesn't cause you to spend more for no return. It causes you to spend more for less return. Okay. All right. Right. There there's probably no um there's probably 
no more damaging management philosophy or or business philosophy that has reaped re- more harm than strive to exceed expectations. Um, Because first off, it's impossible. If our goal is to exceed your expectations, then you have just defined a standard that cannot be met. Right. Because if I now expect you to exceed my expectations, the most you can do is exceed my expectations, which means you didn't exceed my expectations. But further, people don't want you to exceed their expectations. They want what they want when they want it, preferably without having to ask. Yep. Right. And and so some really, really good research and probably the, you know, the best book in the last 20 years written on, on experience is, is from the same people who did challenger sales, a book called effortless experience. Um, and, and this is one of the main takeaways from it. A strategy of delight doesn't pay. This is probably the most interesting and contrarian discovery. After all, with all the stories about Zappos, Nordstrom and four Seasons service, who doesn't want to delight their customers? And again, this gets into what does delight their customers mean? Right. While leaders clearly believe in the power of exceeding customer expectations and building customer loyalty, the data tells a very different story. As we analyze responses from more than 97,000 customers, what we find is there is there is virtually no difference at all between the loyalty of those customers who, whose expectations are exceeded and those whose expectations are simply met. Um, and then if you look at some additional research um, that you can get in the ultimate question, <clears throat> this is research that Bain had done. What you find is it actually begins to reduce the loyalty effect because if you're always striving to exceed my expectations, I think three things are happening. Um, one is I don't know what to expect. Because you've exceeded my expectations. So now it's all black box is that it's not all black box but but what does it mean to exceed my expectations right because by the way if i'm in the afternoon and you're extraordinarily like like if i was if that was a five o'clock dinner or Mm -hmm. five o'clock meal at fud records i i probably would have responded to it differently we probably would have responded to it differently right yeah so so my ex- exceeding my expectations for the lunch that we talked about mm-hmm. was being insanely efficient. Yeah. Exceeding my expectations um, towards the evening is you told us a couple jokes that I didn't anticipate. Hey, how about that? They told us a couple jokes. Um, that was, that was a little bonus. But if you told me a couple jokes, like my ex, like, Again, we get we we get back into the jobs to be done. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. Th- this was what they found with McDonald's was that it had to be I, I actually the McDonald's experience. I'll give a more personal experience. So um, there are several posts in the early days about coffee because I like coffee. And for a period of time, it's no longer true, but for a period of time, apparently there was some demographic element of my community that said. Mm-hmm. Gourmet coffee lives here because we had an insane number of gourmet coffee places. We're going, we're going through that right now where I live. <laughs> so, and by the way, this is when gourmet coffee was still like a new thing, relatively new right. thing. Old. Yeah. And and so Corky, someone who mm-hmm. I developed a friendship with, been at, and 
And the problem was, I mean, Corky cared about the customer experience. I mean, he cared about the customer experience and he cared about coffee. By the way, in deciding where he was going to, where he was going to open, what he was going to do, he literally spent like three weeks, 21 days in a row at this shopping center, running a count of how many cars came into the parking lot. He he tested determining which coffee was he going to represent all of this stuff. Ended up renting a place that was too big. Mm-hmm. Like to some confusion, et cetera. But also he believed the coffee is served. Mm-hmm. That is the experience. Yeah. And so that meant that if you wanted coffee in the morning, and let's be honest, there's, by the way, this was before the whole Frappuccino right. element, right? But even with that, let's be honest, there's probably more coffee sold in the morning than in any other time. Sure. Of, the day. of course. Yeah. And when you, so, so now if you wanted coffee in the morning, what did you have to do? Well, you had to drive into a shopping center and where he was was a complicated, so you had to drive there. And then when you walked into the store, because everybody wanted coffee, and by the way, his coffee was really, really good. Mm-hmm. There was always a line. Yeah. And and he didn't have a lot of servers. Mm-hmm. So the line was always slow. By the way, mm-hmm. he also believed that coffee is served in a coffee cup, not in a, not in a paper cup. Ah. Uh. A 24-ounce coffee mug mm-hmm. with a saucer. He had paper cups, but he had to request mm-hmm. the paper cup. Ah, gotcha. So if you didn't say anything, you'd you got get, it in a... Yeah. Like, in essence, you had to say, um, I'll take uh, this to go. If you said to right. go, you'd get a paper cup. Otherwise, you got... Right. Now, now let's be honest. I think actually, you know, there was a time where you could get a mug at Starbucks. I don't think you can anymore. I don't think you can anymore either. Yeah. Um. But again, that's how he felt it. And I said, hey, Corky, right. you've got you've to gotta put self-pump. You've got to right. enable me to, to self-serve. He's like, nope, yeah. that's not it. And you know what the net result was? Corky doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I want what I want when I want it. Now, right. by the way, in the afternoon, I love the experience. I love that we could sit in, relax, chill, sip from... It was well, it's to your it's to your point on Fuddruckers that lunch is a different experience than five. Morning coffee is a totally different experience than afternoon coffee. And 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 by the way, if you're Fuddruckers, I think I'd be okay to say if I'm Fuddruckers, I'm gonna I'm gonna manage my lunch and dinner experience the same. I'm gonna define it a little right. bit more as lunch. But, sure. but again, you know, we worked with a client. They provided they they, they provided marketing services. They actually provided marketing operation services to okay to a very functional area in a very functional industry. Mm-hmm. The owner of the company, still one of my favorite people in history, right? Yep. You know, one, one of their values, one of it was, was pursuit of wow. Yeah. But, but here's the problem. Nobody wanted wow. <laughs> right. And, and, and the difficulty was, it's like airlines who say, like if, if I was an airline and I wanted to be pursuit of wow. Yeah. Now there's one airline that provided one kind of sort of exception. But when you look underneath it, you're going to find that they were actually never pursuing WOW. And that was Southwest. And the point of why do you fly Southwest? You fly Southwest because you want convenience. You want low price. Yep. You want to take off on time and you want to land on time. Yep. Um, And the most important part was the land on time, both in one piece. And probably the most important part was the land. (laughs) <laughs> um, and 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 so Southwest brought personality. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so why was Southwest's, why is the fact that someone might sing the emergency announcement or add a few jokes or do those things, why does that not change on the time? Well, the reason is what they did did nothing to impact the core experience, the core purpose. So the fact that you told a joke didn't delay the time we were going to take off. Right. Now, you know, this grew into a problem. It never really impacted because it's all cost-based, price-based in, in, in mm-hmm. air travel. But it did grow into a problem for Southwest. For, for years, the number one thing for Southwest was on-time performance. Like that mm-hmm. was the key, low price, but on-time performance. Because if they weren't leading on-time performance all the time, then that core convenience thing begins to disappear and suddenly... The greyhound, the greyhound of the skies becomes the greyhound of the skies. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that wasn't Southwest's enemies that dubbed them the greyhound of the skies. That was Herb Kelleher. Right. No, he I said, remember. No, no, I know, but I'm just yeah. reminding people. Right? Yeah. So, so this is where where I think people like Seth Godin has a term for this. He calls it the free prize inside. Yeah. Right. So the free prize is that that thing that I didn't expect that I didn't buy you for that I happen to have got that, that, that creates a little bit of a wow, but, but it has to be tied to that. So what is the problem with air travel? The problem with air travel, it's a very dehumanizing experience. Yep. What did the joke, what did singing or rapping the announcements, but it brought a little bit of humanity to a very dehumanizing, dehumanizing experience right. without impacting the core purpose. Right. Right. So, the, oh, I was just saying the the problem that happened with Southwest was people began to expect it. People right. began to get wait 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 they just did the announcements like it's normal. Yeah, right. That's where you kind of you plug into this. So so when you if I'm going to exceed your expectations, I'm I'm introducing variance. Mm-hmm. That means yep. I'm introducing complexity, right? Yep. That has that has even more cost. And, yep. and and the difficult and by the way, in today's world, where so few experiences meet one's expectation. And and here's what I'd say. If you wanna if you wanna exceed expectations, if you wanna bring like master the meeting expectations and and, and then play. Yep. The the other element that I would give is we also confuse experience. As like when we say experience, we immediately connect to aspirational. Can you tell me more about what you mean by that? I, w- I want to create a memorable experience. I want I want people yeah. like pursuit of wow. Okay. A memorable experience. Gotcha. That like yeah. as opposed to you know what? So we we had we had a handyman one time. You know what was great about him? What? He fixed shit. <laughs> you, you know what you know you know what else was great about him? He didn't talk to you? He didn't talk much. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, you yep. know what else was great about him? You didn't even know he was there half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this is actually a piece of, um, I think it's a quote from the, also the effortless experience that I found interesting. They talked about those interactions tend to drive disloyalty. So the harsh reality of the customer service world is that we tend to do, they, that we tend to do more harm than good to be precise. According to our research, any customer service interaction is four times more likely to drive disloyalty than to drive loyalty. 
like basically sometimes the best touch is no touch at all. I don't think you got it quite right. Okay. Most of the time. Okay, I'm sorry. Most of the time. The, the best, best touch. The best act, the best action mm -hmm. is no action at all. And this is so counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes to what we talked in a previous episode on, on behavioral science about subtraction versus addition. Doing yep. something, it always feels like I should do something. Yep. Right. Well, doing something increases variance, increases complexity. There's there's a lot more that can go wrong than can go right. Yep. Right. But you want you want to know one of the reasons why this is true? Why? You think about your business all the time. Yeah, of course. Your customer doesn't think about your business very often. <laughs> and and oftentimes if they're thinking about it, it's because there's a problem. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was advising a benefits company. Mm -hmm. and, and they were trying to create this delight experience for CEOs. And they said, let me ask you a question. If I'm a CEO and I come in and I see on the agenda for today is something to do with benefits. How do I feel? Oh my God, you feel awful. I said, okay, is there any time where a CEO, and this was, I'm just going to, is there any time where a CEO should look at their agenda for the day, see benefits and go, fucking A, we're going to talk about benefits today. Yeah. I'm all, uh, like, can, can, can we do I know, it I know it's, I know it's your favorite topic every year. Right? <laughs> well, well, attracting, attracting, um, Talent is is something that's very important to them. Right. Oh, oh, okay. If attracting talent is... But then here's the follow-up question. Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you able to commit to go beyond benefits to actually attract talent? Right? So so here here's the thing. Like, here's the single best proposition you can give if you're a benefits company and, and you're selling to companies where the owner has to make a decision. Demonstrate to them that when they work with you, they, they're not going to have to think about it. It's not going to show up on their plate. Right. The single best thing, but by, by the way, the takeaway, it, the book is called The Effortless Experience mm -hmm. because the single takeaway is make it easier. Now, I want to get, I, I want to hear what you have to say, then I'm going to go to the other side of what get it, uh, make it easier means. No, I, I mean, so I, I agree with this. And I think this is the struggle that I see with organizations that we work with for their sales teams. I think it's the struggle that I see for our service teams. I think our team, like that, that, how do I find the balance of showing that I'm, I'm meeting your expectations. I'm doing what I need to do while at the same time, not over servicing, overstepping over. Well, you want to know why people want to exceed your expectations. They want to, they want to feel like they've done a good job. Nope. They want a gold nope. star. No, nope. I mean, maybe they do, but that's not the real reason. That's not the cause. Okay, well, Here's why I think exceed expectations is such the, is such the, uh, what's the word? It's such the standard advice because they're lazy. Mm -hmm. So their goal is to exceed expectations because they're lazy. Because they're lazy? Because they're lazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But duh. I want, what's that? How, how can you be lazy if you're trying to exceed expectations? That's what I was going to be my question. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem, those two things don't align. Because it's really, really hard. It takes a mm -hmm. lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of brain power to define what those expectations are. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So if I don't know That's what fair. expectations I'm meeting, well, then exceed their expectations. Because you know what? It's some, look, Jess, we need to exceed our customer's expectations. 
Oh, yeah. I get it. What am I supposed to do with that? Right. You know what I do with that? Is that a good deal? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Make it easier. Do you know what make it easier means? Holiday Inn had the greatest mantra for customer experience in history. And there was a time where Holiday Inn was like the top hotel chain. Do you know what their mantra was? Do you know what their... I don't remember. It's no like surprises. The... Oh, no surprises. Okay. No surprises. Yeah. No surprises. So it's fascinating. We were having a little bit of this conversation internally and someone brought up that how we don't create a great experience because we tell people what can go wrong. We're always telling people what can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and that was fascinating for me. Like, like it was really interesting. I, I, I totally got it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. But actually, right, we make it easier means eliminate the surprises. Well, and so, like, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. So early on, I was on, like, this was when we were early in doing implementations. And we were on with a with a prospect. And I remember you're like, okay, so here, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to we're going to, you're walking through all the stages and then you're like, and we're going to get to launch and nobody's going to use it. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, why are you telling them this? <laughs> and then when I've, as somebody who's been in charge of working through those implementations, I, I now have the, okay, remember we talked about, we get here and this is, this is, so we're exactly where we expect to be. And this is what we're going to do. And I remember when we wouldn't set those expectations on certain things and the reaction is so different. Cause like you said, that's like no surprises. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't remember the conversation fully, when you connect back to it, it's like, okay, now I got it. Right. And, and that, the, so, so the point of this is like, you know, I'm sorry, got a lot of different thoughts going on and I'm, did I mention to you, I bonked. You did. Like you did I'm, mention that. I'm, I'm on. I'm past my reserves. You have senioritis, is what you have. <laughs> we're we're like right you know, to the end of the year. If I were more focused, and and had a little bit more energy, I'd I'd have senioritis. Okay. So I I pass like that. I'm I'm at the okay. seventh level of hell, not the fifth or sixth. Um, what. E when we talk about great customer experiences, we talk about Four Seasons. We talk about Apple, right? We talk about all these companies that 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 are they're they're aspirational, right? They're they're filling an aspirational element of of what is there, and and that's fine if what people are buying is aspirational. But you know what? People don't buy from us. Mm -hmm because of aspirational elements. They're, they're not, they're not buying from us because we are the tribe, right? We are their tribe. Right. That, that's not, that's not what we're about. Now, do we add an element of that? I think we do. Do we add an element of community? I think we do. And it works mm -hmm. only to the extent that it doesn't get in the way of right. got a job to be done that needs to be done. Right. And, and, and I'll tell you for everything that we do to create a, oh, wow moment, we'd be better off figuring out how to get something done in a day less. Right. Um, and so 
understanding like here's a here's an important strategic question and this is something that RevOps should be driving what are we hiring our customer experience to do well we want yep. our experience to be the third part of our flywheel it's the delight part of our flywheel we want you know what there there are ways to spread your message there are some elements that are not built for organic word of mouth and the more you try to do that you know, and, and like for us, if we were working in smaller business, I think mm-hmm. word of mouth, our customer experience, having a job to drive word of mouth would be more. Right. Sure. Right. What, what we want to do is make it easy for people to spread our message, our thoughts, because they're having meaty, meaningful conversations Yep. with other people. Right. So really understanding what that means and what is that voice and what are the expectations I, I think that's the key takeaway um, as opposed to just more, more, more. Wow. 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 You know what? You know what? I don't want, I don't want a wow experience anymore. I'm done with wow experiences. You know what I want? I want, I want my, I, I want the application that I use as a bot to record and transcribe my meetings to quickly and accurately record and transcribe my meetings. I I, I don't want it to help me schedule my meetings. Right. I, I don't even want it to to auto filter and create and, and 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 score the call. You know what? Charge me more for that. If you do that and you want and I want it, charge me more for that. Because you yeah. know what? Why? Because you know what's happening. By the way, this application that I've used, I'm not going to name their name today. Is I've now had three times in the last week where the talk track to what's actually being said at the time, the transcription to what's being said, mm-hmm. are completely disconnected. Hey, how about you just do what I wanted you to do? Hey, Zoom, if you're listening, how about you just let me do video calls and stop asking me to put everything into every other application. Stop trying to be my calendar. I don't want you to be my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this first one, I'm now in a full test of another application. It's shit. One fifth to one tenth the cost. I'm actually now looking at it going. Giving you exactly what you need. It's actually. And only that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of, of good takeaways, I think, and I think connecting back to that that last piece that you talked about, but, um, you know, trying to exceed or that strategy of delay that can, you know, cause higher costs and, and less returns um, frequently does. Uh, as so, and talked the about thing the- is people are going to say, that's not true. And, and I'm going to say, and of course, on one hand, they're going to say, we're data driven. We want to be data driven. And then on the second hand, you're going to show them the data and they're going to say, that's not true. Sorry. Go <laughs> um, and then oftentimes the best touch is no touch at all. Meet, meet your customer halfway. And to wrap that all up, don't give a wow experience. Give an effortless one. Yeah. I just want to take issue again, that sometimes the best action is no action. It's you should start off. Your starting point should be do nothing. I learned this yeah. as a financial advisor. Your starting point should be to do nothing. Yeah. Only do something when you have to. Yeah. Remember, you're far more likely to create a problem. You're far more likely to make it heavier by doing something yep. than by doing nothing. I think if you follow those words, Jess, you'll have yes, good Dad. rev ops and you'll be saying no to shitty rev ops. Till next time. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Customers want what they want, when they want it, without having to ask. 
And sometimes that means not trying too hard to implement a wow factor into your experience. And as Doug mentioned, sometimes taking no action is the best thing for you to do. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. It would be the best gift this season if you left us a review and shared the episode. If you have any questions that you would like to ask Doug or Jess about creating an ideal customer experience, email me at hannahliftenablement.com or hit us up on X at Demand Creator or LinkedIn at Lift Enablement. And until next time, And until next year, just say no to shitty RevOps.